Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. In this episode, we're going to chat with Derek Taylor, the voice of the Blue Bombers, as they get set to face the BC Lions in the West Final on Sunday. And we'll also hear Kelly Moore's interview with Dylan DeMello about a variety of topics on the podcast. Winnipeg Jets skated today as they have lots of time to kill before the Calgary game on Saturday. There were a lot of open chances in the first period last night. Breakaways, partial breaks, and one guy who got in close was Dylan DeMello, who I identify with as a defenseman who does not have great finishing skills around the net. No offense to Dylan. His stats bear that out. The eye test bears that out. I also suck at any kind of stick handling near the net. He's obviously going to be way better than I am. I'm a low-level beer league hockey player. He's an NHL defenseman. Anyway, he talked to Kelly Moore earlier today. We spoke, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks ago or whatever it was, and one of the things we talked about uh, was the penalty kill. You spend as much or more time on that as anybody. So now I think it's, uh, you know, out of the, uh, uh, the idea of fairness, you've gone 13 in a row without giving, one, uh, giving up one, knock on wood. Um, have you noticed a discernible difference, or is it just things are starting to come together now? I think a little bit of both. I think things are definitely starting to come together. I think we're getting more... Uh more of a handle on it, a little bit more of an understanding on it. Um, you know, more reps at it, I think, has helped. Um, you know, we were doing a lot of good things, even though we were getting scored on. We had a couple of bad bounces and, and things like that. Um, you know, but, but we stayed with it, and we're staying with it. I think, first and foremost, our goaltending has been excellent. Um, you know, done a great job. You know, you, you need your goaltender to do a, a good job on the kill, right? Um, so we've done a good job there. You know, we've done a really good job. Uh, not allowing easy entries and, and, and trying to, um, you know, pressure them at that moment because they don't have possession at that time. So we've done a good job of that. And, and I think overall we're just get a better understanding of our, our movements and, and our responsibilities. And, um, you know, we've done a good job up by. He's got a couple goals too. So, uh, yeah, things are going well right now with it. And even with the overall defense, uh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you guys are number one in terms of uh, goals against uh, and even close to the top in, in goals against average because, you know, when you enter into the games and that sort of thing, uh, you never want to get too carried away 12 games into the season. But I think, as Rick has said, we're getting there. For sure. Work in progress. We still have a lot of things we still got to do. Uh, um, continue to improve on, but I think um, it's definitely very encouraging so far that guys have been buying into the team system and, and the way we need to play in order to win. Um, it's quite evident, uh, you know, during this homestand that we play to that that style, and um, you know, we felt like we carried the play in all those games and, and deservingly so won them. So, um, you know, it's not definitely not going to get easier as it goes. I think you know, teams, uh, you know, maybe uh, are going to turn up a notch here as we go for sure. And, and uh, we expect ourselves to be even better. I think we're, we're happy, but we're not satisfied. How good for the soul is it, though, to, you know, I mean, no disrespect to Montreal and Chicago, and you guys certainly didn't show them any you, with the way that you played. Uh, but to, to beat a team that was playing as well as Dallas coming in here. Yeah, that's a big win. Um, you know, I, it's never too early to, to be in first place in this, in this league. So we knew that was a big game. We didn't love our, our game, you know, early on in Dallas. Um, thought it was a good chance for us to, to kind of give a little payback to them. Um, you know, they, they have a great squad over there too. And uh, we had to work for everything that we have. And, and um, you know, it was, uh, it was a great game. A, a lot of good uh, learning, learning tools for our team. A lot of good clips of video, I'm sure, that we'll be able to, to kind of hang our hat on. And, and things that are going to have to be staple for our team that uh, are non-negotiable. Because that's how we have to play in order to win. 
Being the parent of a young child, I don't know how much free time you have to sit down and watch the hockey highlights after a busy Tuesday, Thursday or Saturday night. But, uh, uh, boy, last night a, a, a very scary incident uh, involving the Edmonton Oilers. I'm just wondering, Dylan, in your hockey career, have you ever had to, to witness or be in a game where something like that happened? Not to that effect. Definitely have had some guys get sliced a little bit, but it was no more than just a few stitches uh, kind of on the surface level of the skin. You know, you don't wish that upon anybody. That's just scary to see. Hope that he's okay. Hope that, uh, you know, he can recover well. Um, you know, I know they have a lot of things now for, for socks and, and even wrist guards if guys want them for, uh, you know, skate, uh, I guess, skate resistance, I guess you'd call it. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, the game... The game happens fast, and, and weird things happen, and um, I, mean, I just hope that he's uh, he'll, he'll be okay from that. One more for you with your Ottawa background. Uh, did you find it kind of interesting uh, uh, with Deadpool <laughs> coming out? And uh, yeah, that'd be sweet. I mean, that would be great. I mean, you look what he did for um, that team over in England that he that he co-owns, I believe, and they're like what fourth, fifth division, and they get a lot of like a lot of love and uh, a lot of social media bites and things like that. I mean can only be positive you look at the buzz that it's already created and uh, everybody's talking about it you know he's on what was it Fallon or whoever it was late night and then the next night he's in Ottawa so I mean uh, if he's coming to a game he's obviously pretty serious and pretty interested and um, you know just hope that organization kind of gets things figured out it's a uh, it's a pretty underrated city I think uh, a lot of guys don't get to see uh, the pros of Ottawa because you, you stay kind of at the Brook Street where you're a little ways away from the from the from the entertainment downtown and and, and kind of the vibe downtown, you're, you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, you know, when I played Ottawa, we loved our time there. Me, my wife and I, we, we loved it. We lived in uh, a great neighborhood kind of towards downtown. And we, we had so many uh, good restaurants to go to and, and just good people. And um, it, it's a great city. So I hope they can kind of figure out an arena, put it downtown. I think that would uh, that be the key to success is getting in the Le Breton area. There? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, you just look at all the all, all the the teams that kind of have arenas downtown and you know you're in the mix right and then you're into th and you know people can work and then they can go for dinner and go right to the game and um you know that that arena in Ottawa I understand what they were trying to do I just didn't think it maybe took off like they wanted to Dylan DeMello talking with Kelly Morton and the division finals this weekend what a time to be a CFL fan as we welcome in Derek Taylor the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on CJOB just as a fan of Canadian football Derek how great is this weekend Oh my goodness, this is the matchup I think that kind of all CFL fans have probably been wanting to see, right? The, the What would have been the top two candidates for the most outstanding player award if we did it, you know, not by division, Nathan Rourke and, and of course Zach Kolaros is going to win the award. But, I mean, since we saw this in week, week what, five, we've been waiting for the rematch and, and that we actually get it and we get it here in Winnipeg, it's awesome. It has been a, a weird last few weeks because they've they've had two matchups with the, the Lions. Then there's been two bye weeks, but neither of those games really give the team a lot of valuable film, do they? Because Drew Brown started the first one, and then the second one just not neither team played all their guys for most of that game. Yeah, exactly. So maybe you got a little little sense of stuff they might do, and there were a couple of things in that final game that Buck Pierce called on offense that I thought, oh, we haven't seen that this season. I wonder wonder why he's doing that and what he's trying to, to signal to the BC Lions about the West Final. But you're right, like uh, Drew Brown's performance in the game at BC three weeks ago, it, it doesn't, it, what does it do for us besides, you know, we got a little look at Drew Brown, but 
Yeah, I, I just end up going back to that week five matchup as okay, well, well, this is the this is the game to focus on and just know that BC's defense has improved a fair bit since that point. Looking at the West semifinal game on Sunday, what stood out for you from the Lions? I think how quick how they were able to shut down Calgary's offense. Uh, I mean, especially in the red zone when it came close to, you know, anything that came close to them being able to get a touchdown, it was it was done. And they were doing it with uh, without, in my mind, their best defensive player and defensive end, boom, Guachem. Um, they've really kind of turned a corner, I think, the, the, since like that week five game. Uh, we saw Greg Ellingson on the corner route, Dalton Schoen on the corner route and just abusing B.C. to that field side. Uh, to me, they, they've really tightened that up. and. You know, they have multiple weapons uh, rushing the passer, be it Guachim if he's able to play. David Menard, who's the backup and was the East most outstanding player last year, was his back just relentlessly terrorizing quarterbacks. And, oh, Woody Barron, who they paid a bunch of money to come play defensive tackle to. Since he's come back from injury, he is a nightmare for quarterbacks as well. So uh, they're, they're really able to, to get after things. But to, to take Calgary's, you know, short attack, uh, passing uh, attack, shut that down, Take out their running game as well. As I'm trying to figure, there's got to be some reason Calgary chose not to run the ball. I, I think that's that's maybe it. Rourke, Rourke and the offense were, you know, about honestly about what I expected. So yeah, the defensive side is is the one that caught me off guard, perhaps a little bit. Just a thought on Calgary. I, I know what this is. This game this weekend has nothing to do with Calgary, but their decision making on third down in that game, I did not like at all. I know you're a big fan. Really, of the, you know. I, I well, if you're gonna go for it on third down, an end around to Malik Henry isn't the play call. I think it's not so much the the fact that they went for it; the play calls just weren't good. What did you think of BC's play call on third down when Pipkin hit Hatcher for that touchdown? I love it. Exploit See, the matchup there. If if it's the and if it's you know take the shot. They were up at that point, right? Yeah, and and if uh, and to your point, if. Uh, if they don't see that look there, Pipkin's probably not going to throw that ball, right? But I, 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 I like it all. Like, I honestly, I like the Malik Henry one. If Julian Good-Jones, the right tackle, plays that better, as he just got gooned to the inside, try, he was trying to set the edge, but ended up getting gooned to the inside, Henry may go for a ton of yards. And that's one of the things that, that I kind of look at on, on third down is third down and one isn't always, like, you're not just confined to getting one yard, right? Like, you can get 45 yards in a touchdown if you do it right. The second one, I think, for Calgary, where they tried to draw them offside, then called the timeouts, and then went yeah. for it on third and two. Uh, that one, it was probably the timeout part that bothered me. Like, what, what are you, what are you doing? And giving, yeah, BC a chance for. But I, I, I was, I was in favor of that because I, I like it when it goes right, and I'm, I'm okay with it when it goes wrong because at least they're trying for, they're trying for touchdowns, and because in that game, field goals were not going to do it for them. Well, Calgary's problem all year was just they. In the big games, especially against Cal uh, Winnipeg, they just settled for field goals too much. And right. in the West Final, uh, they're gonna, you know, the BC Lions are gonna probably be pretty aggressive because they know they're gonna have to score to keep up with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, I mean, they scored forty-three points. Each team had a game in which they scored forty points against the other yeah. so far this season. So. I don't know if you think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I personally don't think we're going to see a team in the 30s on Sunday. I think it's going to be in the 20s. What do you think? Oh, really? Yeah. What makes you say it's going to be in the 20s? 
I just feel like the the defenses are are going to rise up to the occasion. I, I just think the I just got this feeling that it's going to be like a 29-22 kind of game. And I, I I don't know why, but I feel like there's going to be some uh, some turnovers on Sunday. Yeah, that I think of it, I'd be surprised if if uh, the Bombers put a 40 burger on them like they did in that week five game. Because because BC, I mean, knows what Winnipeg wants wants to do in that, and any holes in that, you would think they spent some weeks trying to sew up. So I could I could get behind that. And the problem is, like Rourke, if he's, I mean, if his foot is is as good as it was last week, and those receivers, they're just, it wasn't even the it wasn't even the six foot five guys, right? Like Dominic Rhymes had his one where he posted up, uh, was it Jamerson, and then just jumped over top of them and ripped the ball down. That that's always in play. But it was five eleven and six foot guys that were able to to get those high balls as well because of where Rourke put the ball and because they just knew what was what was coming. That's that's always in play for BC and BC can run the football too with Butler as much as twenty carries for ninety five yards isn't a mind bending performance. They still have that going in them. There there is the there is the potential for it, but I, I you know I'm you, you brought me on side in, in a sub thirty game just because. I, yeah, both defenses have have something to to go after. I'll have to double check. I think the over under is right around fifty right now. I know Winnipeg's favored by five. Do you like that number? I do. Just I mean, because in the one meaningful game, it was it was fourteen points. I think I think Winnipeg can have this one. And anything with questioning if Rourke is healthy, it's such a drop off after Rourke to Antonio Pipkin to Vernon Adams Jr. Who would be the guy that goes in? I, I I do. I think I think that's a good line. You know, you give Winnipeg credit for a couple of points at home and say they're a field goal better than a team that they absolutely mopped up early in the season. I uh, yeah, I can get behind that. I'd I'd be on Winnipeg. I think uh, I'm seeing actually a minus four and a fifty uh, over under fifty here. I'd be okay. I'd be on the uh, Bombers and the and the over because fifty is not a ton of points. You can no. still twenty nine twenty two and beat that. But yeah, I think I think that's a fair line. Okay. Yeah. It looks okay. So it's moved down a bit. Okay. It's been five for a few days, but uh, just the the nature of this matchup, where it feels unique, right? In a division final, where basically the teams played once, right? It, yeah. Normally, there's a lot more familiarity, but these last few weeks, you know, the final week where I called the game, you know, Kalars came out pretty quickly, Nathan Rourke came out pretty quickly, and then you just had the backups both teams not being able to connect with almost anybody uh, for the rest of the game. And then the game in BC, there were more regulars playing. Uh, and there, I think there were probably some, some concern on the blue bomber secondary, about how they gave up a lot of points. But then again, there were a lot of short fields because of giant kick returns and missed field goal returns. And, and the lines just kept getting set up in great spots. How important is that special teams battle? Because BC, if they get some nice returns, that's going to save them definitely a lot of energy getting up and down the field. Well, yeah, and, and both teams have potent returners, right? Janarian uh, Grant has no problem returning kicks for touchdowns against the BC Lions. And Terry Williams, like you mentioned, in that game at BC was was a force. Uh, he had, Didn't he have over like 300 combined yards? He was fantastic. And yeah, 342 sh- return yards, yeah. 340, yeah, that's that's a fantastic number from, from their perspective. And you just know what these quarterbacks could do with short fields, right? Like it could be two passes. Here's Ellingson. Here's shown touchdown bombers if Janiri Grant uh, busts one away. So yeah, the the return game we worked. I I'm kind of in the turnovers. I mean, 
I hate to say this, and I said it on our on our podcast, Football North, that turnovers are going to decide this one in my mind. And it's I know that's very basic to say, but this is two good teams with with you know six good units between them. That you know, if, if this is a six turnover performance like yet last year's West Final, I don't think the Bombers can pull that out. I think BC's too good for that compared to what Sask was in the weather last year. This Winnipeg's got to got to keep this one tight. So no. Uh, no Wolitarski fumbles on the goal line and no weird bounces off of Nick Dembski this this week because I'm, I'm not sure the Bombers can weather that. So in terms of the pass rush battle here, because Nathan mm-hmm. Rourke got smoked a few times by Calgary and we saw in that first matchup, Rourke didn't run the ball once. Big part of his game, big part of his electric start to the season was his legs and the Bombers didn't, let them run at all. Part of that was they they were down big early, and I guess they just wanted to throw the ball. But he didn't run much last week either against Calgary. He didn't have to. He didn't run at all when he played in Winnipeg a few weeks ago. If the Bombers make him a pocket passer and hit him a few times, how important is that? Oh, enormously so. And as you say that, I, I start to think of we, – we fully expect Jackson Jeffco to be back for this game, uh, Willie Jefferson, or, or in this game, and Willie Jefferson as well. You wonder how much that might free them up to just kind of do whatever they want and go, I know you guys are supposed to have contained responsibility, but we're not really worried about him spilling and taking off for 50 yards. So you know what? Just go nuts on their tackles. Just just do your thing. And you wonder if, if they could be a little more free with their pass rush and, and what they might be able to uh, to accomplish in that. Yeah, I mean, Rourke seems like a guy, uh, I mean, it's only been 10 games this season, but He's he's not afraid of the pass rush, right? Like he just stands in there and he looks at one and two and three and I'm back to one and okay, I'm gonna have to throw this ball away. Or when he's healthy, I'm gonna have to get out of here. He seems very relaxed. Uh, so I mean, as much as the the pass rush can have an effect and we'll take him down and you know you lose eight yards, he he just seems like he can handle uh, as opposed to say a Dane Evans, right? If you think of the last couple of Grey Cups, uh, Rourke would be able to handle that. But I'm I'm uh, I'm now curious to to watch maybe the first quarter and get Doug Brown to kind of go, hey, uh, Doug, what are they doing with their rushes? Because are they changing them up because Rourke has a bad has a bad wheel and and maybe can't move as well as he might like to. Before I let you go, I just want a thought on the the East Division final in that battle. Montreal gave Winnipeg fits twice this year. Back when we didn't know if Montreal was any good, turns out they're actually not bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Though someone had to win games between East Division teams, so the the losses you know went away once the East started battling the East. What do you think of the matchup there with the Argonauts? I still I kind of want to spend the next couple of days trying to figure out what the Argonauts are. Like they're a team with a strong defensive front, and they were able to force turnovers. But on offense, I I just kind of don't know what they are. Uh, Curly Gittins Jr. is a fantastic Canadian receiver. The bust out season of over a thousand yards. Marquise Ambles, they use him in a bunch of ways, but what's Tavares Daniels these days? A guy who I, you know, a couple of years ago I thought was going to be a, a you know a longtime star in the Canadian Football League. What's what's the deal with their run game? Like, do they feel compelled to go back to Andrew Harris and get 4.2 yards of carry for him instead of AJ Willette? What are they going to do in that respect? I just kind of don't know what they are. Whereas I know Montreal is a relentlessly blitzing team. They blitz more than anybody else. They have maybe the best defensive end rotation in the CFL when you think about uh, Mike Moore and Nick Usher and Jamal Davis, who came midseason back from the NFL. 
they can turn over the ball as well. Former bomber Mike Jones with a couple of interceptions in the East semifinal. And on offense, Trevor Harris is good enough. Like, I describe him as just a high-floor guy. His, his worst game isn't going to be that bad. His best game may not be, you know, uh, a Dane Evans five-touchdown game against the Bombers, but he he's a guy who, who can get it done and has got it done to certain extents in the playoffs. So the fact that I can kind of define Montreal and I can see a way that they take this one uh, has me on the and on the Alouettes. Um, I, I'm probably in the crowd of what's uh, what is McLeod Bethel-Thompson and what's he going to be uh, when uh, they dump that home playoff game last year? Are they going to do that twice in a row? Because we just don't know what they're all about. So if you're making a prediction today, you've got Winnipeg versus Montreal, Montreal. in the Grey Cup. Yeah, and Mark Leggio kicks the game-winning field goal off the upright. Boom! <laughs> Redemption. Oh, no. Redemption all around. I mean, Montreal's a tough matchup for Winnipeg. They, they sure were, right? Like, in those two games, uh, eight eight quarters plus an overtime of football, Montreal was in it for seven plus, and, a, and a, you know yeah. seven and a quarter of those quarters until Janarian Grant kind of busted that punt return and took it away. Like, Montreal was very tough on them, and I would – I would, and it brought out the best in the Bombers, like that Kolaris to what was it, Dalton Schoen touchdown in the full scramble was one of his plays of the year. I would, I would absolutely love to see that again. It might be a little lower scoring, but I'm totally in favor of that being the Great Cup matchup. I mean, from our perspective, whoever they play, Winnipeg's in the Great Cup. That's great. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and hey, hey, Boris Beatty missing a convert that would send the game to overtime would be a great way too, because that's how whatever it was mm. week four ended. So I'm in favor of any of those matchups that involve the Bombers. Yeah, both teams played Winnipeg real close early in the season. So Derek, appreciate your time tonight, and we'll uh, see you at the game Sunday. Thanks, brother. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6:30 to 9 p.m. Of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come to this. We try to